Well, let's get started. Today, the last couple of days have been have been absolutely wonderful. Um, Mr. Dave Brandt, the godfather of regenerative agriculture, was um, asked by a group of, of ladies in um, southwestern Wisconsin um, at the mound called Cincinnawa. Uh, and they'd asked Dave to come. And oh, I said it wrong, didn't I? Yeah, no. yes, you did. did. I say Cincinnawa. Cincinnawa. I knew I would do that. It's Cincinnawa. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for correcting me. That's okay. But uh, this has been a great couple of days. I want. To, I've got. We've got a couple of the of the sisters with us from the Dominican, and we want them to tell us about what what this means, the what the name means, and and how long they've been here. So um, as usual. If you've got any questions this evening, could you please put them in the chat and uh, we'll go from there. So um, I'm gonna turn it over to the ladies here. How are you ladies doing this evening? Please introduce yourselves. Well, my name is Sister Sheila and I um, actually I live in Madison, Wisconsin, but I'm a member of the Cincinnati Dominican community. And I have, uh, worked with uh, the community over the years on issues related to our land. And most recently, I have been coordinating what was called our Land Futures Committee. And so I'm Sister Julie Schwab, and I'm from the area here near uh, Cincinnati. So we're right down, right in the southwest corner. And um, I am presently on our administrative team for our community. And we, we have had an amazing last couple of days with people who gathered here at Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. we'll probably be telling you a little bit more about that. How many sisters are currently? 263. I think. 263, that's incredible. That is incredible. I want to shift the camera around to this young man here. Mr. Jay Brandt, please tell us about you and, and the significance of, of why you're here today. Certainly, yeah. Jay Brandt here. I'm the son of David Brandt. Uh, I've been with Rick on the podcast a couple other times. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're here in Cincinnati at the invitation of the Dominican sisters here. They have had a regenerative agriculture program for some time here at the mound with their, their farm that they have on site. And with some transition in what's happening at the mound, they asked dad to come out and help them facilitate that and plan for future development in leadership. So we are looking again uh, towards that. So I'm here as part of the program that we had to uh, bring about uh, this future development here at the mound society and for continued promotion again, of regenerative agriculture here and how we uh, engage local farmer-led activities at the mound to bring about greater outreach. Great, great. We'll come into Mr. Emmons, are you there? Jimmy's at the airport. Uh, can you hear you? Yeah, I think, I think, boy, Jimmy, you froze on us. It must be a, not a very good connection there. That's okay. Jim, we'll come back to Jimmy. Just a minute. Jimmy? Okay. Lauren. 
Evening, everybody. Lauren Steinlogge. Uh, fortunate to be here tonight, listen to some of the more history of the mound here. Fortunate a uh, couple, what, nine months ago, was asked to come with Dave here and started seeing the significance of the potential here. And today, I think we finally took the first step forward to bring that to the next evolution. So, Jimmy, are you on? Yeah, can you hear me now? We can hear you yes. now. To respect your time, I'll yield. Yes. Hey, Jim. Jimmy, go uh, tell us why why you're here. You were here today, Jimmy. Well, I'm there because Dave Brandt was there, and uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, re rekindle uh, that that talk uh, that Dave had with the Dominican sisters of how we can go about doing this, and uh, of course, Lauren and you reached out to me to be a part of this um, and I was honored to be there today to uh, kick things off and uh, get started down the road. Well, I want to tell you, Jimmy, the the presentation you gave today was probably the best one I've ever heard you give. I'm not going to say you're, it's your best one because I probably haven't heard that, but the one I've heard, that was a sermon today and please enlighten us what what your 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 first hour of being here was this morning you told that story this morning it was so it was so perfect for the moment well uh, i talked to um, uh, julia last night about uh, going into the sanctuary this morning early to have a little quiet time and prepare because uh, i had nothing wrote down and uh, i didn't really know what i was going to say uh, so i kind of went in for so for some inspiration this morning, sorry about the background. It's okay. It's okay. Um, worry about but it. so it and I thought things went pretty pretty well. Oh, it was it was awesome, Jimmy. It was absolutely awesome. Um, Jimmy, I know you're on a tight schedule. Uh, would you like? Would you please give us your take on why? this was so important this was dave's vision and why this is important to you and why you came and 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 helped us get this lifted off the ground you know i think we all agree that the time is now uh, we've been eroding and destroying our soils for over 100 years and uh, we can't continue that <clears throat> i talked about in my talk about 1.7 billion tons a year of soil loss um, downstream out of production uh, we can't continue that waste of our precious soil to live on. Uh, you know, many other civilizations have tried that, and uh, they're in the history books because they're not here. And uh, I don't want us to be a part of that. So I believe that this is an opportunity to have the premier uh, learning center for agriculture, future agriculture and regenerative ag there at Sisawana, uh, the perfect venue the perfect farm to really demonstrate how we can do this. And I believe it can be a wonderful learning center. That's awesome. Yeah, we've got, uh, see see what you ladies, uh, we've got someone on here from Brazil and oh, really? not the, no yeah, the, the country in South America. Yes. <laughs> hi, hi from Brazil, work with native pastures, Pampa biome south of Brazil, regenerative consultant. Oh, there you wonderful. go. Yeah, awesome. thank you for joining awesome. us. So, um, so Jimmy, what, uh, tell us a little, tell us a little bit about your, your, 
relationship with Dave? When when did you first meet Dave, and and you guys uh, start your your long lifetime lifetime relationship? Well, it was in two thousand and ten, so it hadn't you know it was a short life, but uh, I heard him speak at a conference, and he really inspired me, and uh, I asked him you know if, if I could do this in Oklahoma. And he said, Jimmy, you can do it anywhere in the world if you so choose. So uh, I'll help you, but just go home and plant a seed. And that's what I started doing. And uh, Dave and I became pretty close over the years uh, in many, many conferences, many phone conversations. Uh, and it's a, a very special relationship. Dave had the biggest heart of anyone I ever seen, yeah. willing to one that wanted help. And, uh, you know, nowadays that's a special gift that not everybody has. And Dave had it. That's right. That's exactly right. So th th thanks, Jimmy. Uh, how much time do you have, Jim? I got about 20, 30 minutes here. So okay. I'll be on for. All right. I want to, I want to swing back over here to these, these beautiful ladies. Now I want, I want you to let everyone know when you came here and just, Take us kind of through some history, you know. When I came here? Yeah. Gosh, 1957. So I've been a Cincinnati Dominican for 60 some years. And um, I told people this today at some point that when I uh, knew I wanted to be one of the sisters and I knew about Cincinnati and I knew there was a farm in Cincinnati and the thought was in my mind that, well, I can milk cows. <laughs> so that's kind of what I had in mind when I entered at Cincinnati. But uh, basically spent my life teaching and working with um, low-income people and homelessness and so on um, in Washington State before I came back to the Midwest and then have been really my my heart has always been on the land. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in leadership in the community back in 1982 to 90. And um, during those years, I was very conscious that we had a farm and uh, that there, especially during the eighties, there was much struggle going on in the rural communities. And yeah. so at that time, we initiated um, a gathering, not so different than today's gathering, but much smaller, made up of um, service providers in the rural community, religious organizations, people who had a heart for what was going on yeah. uh, in the rural communities in the 80s. And out of that was born an organization which still exists, at the time, we called it the Church's Center for Land and People oh. because it was to bring together the, the local communities and their struggle and what was happening with land and how could they um, get through the struggle? How could they support each other and um, help each other through those struggles? So, And that organization still exists today, although... It has a different name. It's called Food, Faith, and Farming. And um, it, it links people, um, particularly more probably small uh, farmers, 
with consumers in mm -hmm. terms of growing healthy food. That was the whole point of kind of trying to bring about a shift in the way we uh, grow our food. And this was in the 80s and the 90s? Well, the, the uh, yeah, Church of Center started in the 80s in, the 80s. in response to the uh, farm crisis, basically. So that still continues today. Um, but at that time, I, I felt a need to begin to say to um, the leadership team that I worked with, could I work with the farmers, our farmers, the people who were working our land, to help them understand that what they were doing was critical to our mission? And so to begin to introduce them to some ideas around, I suppose today you could call it regenerative agriculture, sure. but it was kind of saying, you know, the soil, the land is important and how we treat the land is important. So trying to kind of inculcate in them a sense of mission, that what they were doing was very significant work and that it linked with who we are as Cincinnati Dominicans, as sisters, as religious women in this world. Now we always had men that we worked with in partnership. And so when, and the farm used to be right up here next to us, mm -hmm. and then we moved it across the road. And I think when it moved across the road, the sisters were a little more disconnected mm. from the actual running of the farm because mm -hmm. to that point, the sisters were really engaged in sure. aspects of running the farm. So uh, so really since those years, and Julie was really instrumental in trying to have us look deeply at the changes that were needed in terms of moving toward organic yeah. uh, farming. You can talk a little bit yeah. about that, Julie. But before we go there, this is incredible because we're talking 40 years ago. Yeah. And now we're today and trying to, to do the exact same thing. It's, well, it's, it's parallel. It's very much a par parallel. <laughs> I, I was struck uh, today that the process was very similar. Yeah. I mean, we just sat around in this big room and listened to people. Some were from the farm communities kind of saying, what's the struggle they were experiencing? Others were religious leaders are saying, I don't know as a pastor how to help. What can I do? How should I be relating to this situation? Um, others were people who were in um, rural organizations that had a vision, had a mission, but everything was askew because everybody was losing their farms and it, it was a bad situation. So and you were, I mean, you, you, you ladies identified what was happening in the community and, and tried to bring the community in to solve those problems. Well, that was basically, yes. I, I know that I had collected all kinds of names and addresses well, and because I would talk to people, I'd hear these things. And I would write them down and try to see. And eventually I had so many names I didn't know what to do with. So one of our other sisters, I called her up and I said, I need a resident thinker. <laughs> and she had been in a car accident. So she was not in ministry at that time. 
So she came and that was Sister Miriam Brown. Okay. And Miriam spent many years leading that organization and developing it. And it still exists today with the same mission and the same pillars. Yeah. And but now it's a totally volunteer lay board. Um, and because it's a network, they really don't have a home base. But when she was the director, they were based here. That's that's just unbelievable. And they were present. Yes, today, today. there were several yeah. of that lay yeah. board present today. Yeah, they were probably they were probably happy. Very. what they saw today. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. very. Yes, seeing the connection. But it did strike me that it was a very similar uh, kind of thing. I mean, you know, I mean, it is a crisis in today that we're mm -hmm. facing. And what are we doing about it? Mm -hmm. And so this was so energizing to really kind of be in this group and, and really know what's in people's hearts mm -hmm. about this, that that we're not sitting up here on a hill just saying, you know, we got to do something right, about this. Right, yeah. So. Take action. Yeah, take action, yes. Yeah. Well, but I think the struggle, I should shut up. And no, 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 keep going. No, keep you going. know, it, it, for years and years and years, I think we've turned over this idea of how can we be more present in this rural community? because it's that's a farm community it's an agriculturally based community we're kind of off many of us we're in the inner cities and all over this country and mm -hmm. overseas and south america but um here was our home and we're right in the middle of this agricultural community how do we connect how do we influence what's our role here and and i think uh, well, and as I shared earlier today, um, sisters would come here and they'd, they'd develop a ministry of using this beautiful place to teach others. Right. So with the, the local schools, they'd bring children here for classes on nature. And, oh, wow. You know, a lot of that went on. Now, that was back probably in the 70s, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, that that was going I would on. say you ladies are very progressive forward thinking well I suppose we didn't think of it that way but you know when you look back you realize uh, yeah. not everybody was on board yeah. at that time so yeah but down through the years the, the question was always there and I think grew deeper in us about the significance of what we could do because we had access to this land mm -hmm. and how it could best serve other people it wasn't about making money for us because it never did but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i mean you know we were a huge group so you know it didn't contribute substantially to yeah. the support of the community but but it did several people who worked the farm you know it was their life mm -hmm. uh, the work that they contributed so but anyway i think the ongoing question of how can this land best serve and respond to the needs of the local area mm -hmm. which is the question i kept hearing today mm -hmm. um, and I, so i think this whole um 
I don't know, there was just so much energy around the notion of it being, and to me, it was a big idea of this, this um, center that would have that kind of outreach yeah. and connection. Yeah, and, that, um, and that's what Dave wanted. Yes. Yeah. And, and to really <clears throat> be influenced. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of possibilities. There's a, a lot, lot of, of excitement. A lot yeah. of excitement, yeah. This is why I wanted you on. Well, I know. I, I, I have to great. shut up. No, no. no you're no, doing great. Could you mention the Moses? Because you were a part of that, too. Well, yes, early on, because we had this beautiful facility and had the capacity uh, for much more activity. When it was first built, of course, it was built to house young nuns, and then the young nuns got old. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, but we didn't have near as many. Uh, and so there was excess facility here. So then it was recommissioned, you would say maybe, into what we called the Dominican Education Center. And that's when major outreach began uh, to the community through trying to enhance religious education programs, uh, you know, finding out what the needs in the community were, developing programs to respond to those needs. That's the kind of thing that went on. And then we became a major hosting site mm -hmm. for large groups. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the, the large groups that we hosted, they grew while they were here, was the Organic Farming Conference. And they found their niche here stayed with us for several years until they kind of outgrew our capacity. Um, and um, then they had to find a bigger venue. Yeah. And that, so, that's what we would call Moses today? It's called, Mo no, it was. It was, it was Moses. Yeah, now it's Marble Seed. Marble Seed. You're, you're, you're way, on, you're way yeah. in front of me. There, you're, you're like, like, like 30 years uh, <laughs> in existence now. There was, yeah. yeah. 30 years in existence and and have grown tremendously. Yeah. So yeah. but it was a privilege to have them. It was so exciting. I mean, to see the long lines down the hall of farmers and yeah. and uh, of course we had the capacity to prepare their meals yeah. and uh, do all that. And the networking that went on was just tremendous. So that was always an exciting year. We used to have our own fall farming conferences um, that, you know, we would come up with a theme that we thought would um, help in the local community and get the word out and people would come. So we used to use our quilt theme all the time because it was usually we'd have a an exhibit of quilts going on at that time. So the parallels are unbelievable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I'm getting, I mean, you, you've been, this has been a teaching facility for since it's a, it's well, inaugural it's inauguration. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like I said, um, or maybe Priscilla said it, but when Father Mazzucchelli first saw the mound, that's what he saw. Mm -hmm. This is a place for. I think the quote was for God and science. Mm -hmm. You know, for for learning that covers about everything. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, so that's true. I mean, yeah. it's it's been that. Uh, um, another major conference that we hosted year after year was the Midwest Forestry Conference. Uh -huh. And that was always exciting, too. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we have such a nice 
wooded area oh, yeah. out here. And yeah. So it's beautiful. When yeah. you when you step out the front door and look out, it's breathtaking. Yes, it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I loved the um um virtual tour that was created for this conference. Mm -hmm. I thought that was magnificent mm -hmm. because you got the you got the high level view. So yeah. it was beautiful. But anyway, I think um, the time has come to pull all that into a stronger focus and to really serve um, the rural community and, and the agricultural needs. And this is right where we are, mm -hmm. the, the major shift that has to take place. And how can we, how can we help bring that about? So that's... That's what these two days have been about, and they certainly have been exciting. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, you take a breath. You take okay. a breath. I will. <laughs> I know. So you want to check on Jimmy before he can. We go. can. Jimmy, are you still there? I am. What would you like to add up to this point? I know you're running out of time. So, you know, it's like I said earlier today uh, on sacred ground saving soil for future generations in a educational setting from the history of 178 years of educational system that's already been in place of facilities and land is the perfect fit and uh, this morning i said you know now's the time and uh, i believe that uh, everything is aligned uh, for us to come together and uh, build a model that we can show regenerative practices uh, for the future of agriculture and the future of soil. I truly yeah. believe that, Rick. Yeah, I, I think we hear that from the sisters as well. Well, Jimmy, we know we thank you. You know, I know you got to get going here. Um, thank you so much, and we will be in touch soon, my friend. Thank you. Say goodbye to Jimmy, ladies. Thanks, Jimmy. It was great having you here. Thanks, Jimmy. God bless y'all, and we look forward to see, seeing you in the future. Hey, safe home. All right, Julie, let's, uh, she mentioned organic, and then I, I didn't let her, I let her keep going. So <laughs> when did this farm become certified organic? Gosh, I'm terrible with dates. That's okay. Yeah. It's I think 20... it, yeah, I think it was in the early 90s, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So well, what, when, when Bernie, uh, well, we, we dabbled be, prior to getting Bernie on board, but Bernie ultimately was the one who really made the transition to full organic. Uh, we had farm managers before that time who... Um, gave up you'd say really i mean they tried <laughs> they failed and they gave up yeah yeah so we had that experience and that's when we knew we couldn't we couldn't keep the dairy going and here i'm taking over from julie again <laughs> no that's <laughs> well i mean yeah we knew we couldn't keep the dairy going um because we couldn't at that time could not find good workers for mm. the dairy and um so, and it was also, you know, financially a struggle. So um, that's when the decision was made to really sell the dairy herd and they were a great herd. Um, that was probably a hard day. It was very, 
There was uh, one of the trannels that was here this these days said, I think we got your cows, some well, of your cows. Oh, really? Yeah. People were standing in line. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure they yeah. were. You probably had them all named, and then you probably knew every one of them. Well, we didn't, but the guys down there did. <laughs> That's um, when the prices of milk were yeah. bottomed out, yeah. we were losing money year after year, and just yeah. couldn't keep the dairy going. But um, so yeah, we, think- we increased cow comfort. We we got we then we wanted to go organic, but Organic Valley had a waiting list because they didn't want to glut the market. So they were bringing new farmers on little yeah. by little. And when they said, no, we can't take you, um, that's when we said, okay, this, we, we need to yeah. close the dairy. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you, when Bernie said, I thought he said he was here 17 years. Did he say that? I don't know, actually. But that would be about how long, uh, because he actually made that transition to full organic. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that would be right about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Julie, we've been blessed. Julie, do you remember the story of Aaron and Bernie's transition? Aaron was organic way before Bernie was. Yeah, so it's two families that ran our property. Yeah. We have a little over 200 acres um, that are, we used to say tillable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and um, so Aaron was is an organic farmer, and Bernie was not. And um, Aaron, well, Bernie said he was pretty hardcore um, conventional. conventional farmer, and said I wouldn't even drink organic milk on principle. <laughs> so well, that's that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> So it's just, you know, Bernie made a big leap when Aaron said, you know, your you can your grandchildren can come down to my farm anytime and drink our water when they can't drink yours. Oh. And Bernie said, that just kind of kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, you I never know say, what it's gonna take, right? I would say you've got great farmers there. Yeah. Yeah, we're blessed. You right? are. Yeah. Well, and you certainly felt a deep um, sense of his own spiritual soul connection yeah. uh, to what he's doing yeah. and and to the land. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really been a blessing to have somebody like that um, to work well, to work with and and to really to kind of buy in to yeah. the mission yeah. and know that he was part of that mission. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Well, I want to, I want to shift it back around to the other side of the Do table that. real quick. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, I'm going to go over here to, to Jay. So, Jay, tell us tell us what 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 do you think the last couple of days? I mean, how did all this this is your dad happy? Oh, I would definitely say so. Um, he was very uh, excited about the potential that we had here at. Uh, the mound, uh, especially with the relationship that he built with the sisters here. Uh, I, I picked up a few more items today I didn't know before. You know, obviously you don't remember everything when you talk through things at home after events and stuff. But I'm certainly now gain a greater uh, understanding of his excitement and interest in, in helping the sisters here at the mound really develop this program to the full potential that we have here. Uh, the big aspect of that is the fact that we want it to be farmer-led, right? 
and that we already have such an excellent farmer presence at the site to be such an example from that standpoint. So uh, the fact that we're able to convey that to the crowd that was here, that they are engaged and excited about the ability then to carry forward that mission uh, is all part of it. So that is really the true purpose of what we were gathered here today is to get that consensus with this team so that we can now start to roll out those farmer-to-farmer initiatives, that farmer-led focus, uh, this grassroots movement. So if I can get all those special terms in (laughs) of what we're trying to do, uh, we have this opportunity in this region to address the needs uh, that we can build up uh, these practices in the area and be an example to the nation from that standpoint and then continue to build the opportunity here uh, that we want to have as an example. Yeah, it's just an extension of what you've, you've been doing throughout time here, your history. It's just an extension of that. Correct. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe, but this this seems, what would I say, to have the uh, professionalism and the expertise uh, and the experience, as people were saying, in that room, saying yes uh, was really exciting because, um, you know, we have talked about stuff like this for a long time, but, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have that ground level experience to, you know, I mean, we've got organizational experience and, mm-hmm. you know, we can help with the vision and the direction and all that, but we don't have the tractor experience right. anymore that, you know, um, the on-the-ground farmer yeah. has. And to have this 250 people gathered here today and 90 people yesterday that really, you know, have that experience mm-hmm. and saying, yes, we need this. Yes, this is the direction yeah. to go. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, you know, really exciting. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and again, I didn't say hi, Fernando. Thank you for, for coming in from Brazil. Uh, let's go over to Jimmy here. Jimmy, can you or Jimmy? Yeah, let's Jimmy. go over to Lauren. Jimmy, Sorry. over. Sorry. Sorry, Lauren. I saw Jimmy's name as I turned that. Uh, Lauren, what you've been on this for a long time. Um, you you're the you're the head of the national the national core group of this 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 committee that has tried to put this together. Tell us what you what what's this mean? Where Again, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Is Dave happy? I think today was the first time all of us have been happy since May. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how you say it other than that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a big empty spot in a lot of our lives since May. Mm-hmm. You know, this drum has been building a long time. I hope we even come close to what Dave wanted today. I know it's hard because we didn't give a lot of people hard answers. But the biggest thing Dave was good at is making us think. And I think we made people think today. Yeah. And hopefully within a short time here, we'll get their answers. Because it all comes back to none of this is going to matter if we don't get the buy-in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that simple. <clears throat> You know, and for those that haven't been here yet, I hope we have a place for them to come. Because, you know, I stepped on the property, I think, the first time last November. 
I had heard about the place a little bit, you know, when you drive down highway 20, you see the signs and that we're all so busy. You don't stop and yeah. think, you know, now when I drive down highway 20, Hey, there's the mound. You know, I always seen the one at Platteville, you know, now the minute I see this mound, I recognize this, you know, coming down from Prairie the other night there, there's another mound towards the river. Yeah. You know, I'll go back to, you know, when I first started getting asked to go places, the biggest appreciation I've learned over the years, the further I get from home, the more I appreciate home. Because you start learning what's important in other places. And then you start appreciating what is around you. You know, I grew up on the edge of the Driftless area. I grew up. My mom was three miles from an orange Borlaug's home farm. Never put together some of the significance of all that. You know, that's why I've been so careful through this whole process. This is not my ideal. We are going to have a part of this and help make it go, but we need everybody's ideal. You know, one of the, one of the hardest statements I've made early on in this whole transition was inclusive, not exclusive. Mm -hmm. The more you say that, the harder that statement gets. And, uh, you know, just thinking about them little things, you know, and I'm just in awe of the, the sisters that I've met here, the knowledge mm. they possess oh, and yeah. share. Yeah. So that's going to be my question back to you, education and that that you guys possess. You know, you were thinking some of this 40, 50 years ago. What was the driving factor for that? So with that, I'll turn it back over to you. You know, um well, I think for me, because I grew up on a farm, and so there was something about the farm, and Julie did too. There was something about the farm that never leaves you, you know, and so, and like I said, I knew there was a farm here even before I entered, and it was one of the, one of the drawing cards for me. So, um, yeah, and it was kind of a, a feeling, especially during the 80s when all the crises was going on, kind of a feel for, gosh, you know, what's it like for people? Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, to, to say we should be doing something. <laughs> what is it we can do, you know, to respond mm -hmm. to this? So, yeah, um, and... So you just start learning. I mean, I I just tried to figure out what was going on by by reading and and listening to people. Like I said, I was calling up and talking to people or going visiting people and writing little notes to myself and discovered that, you know, there was a, a hunger for let's somehow talk to each other about these things. So that was kind of the impetus then to kind of begin to say well, let's figure out something together and pulling people in to, to talk about it. And, uh, you know. Well, in, in the late 50s, you didn't Google it. No, you didn't Google it. You're so, right about and I, that. I think I did hear, is there a library here on site? Oh, or? yeah. The, actually, the room where we met today was our library. And got downsized and downsized and downsized. But, yeah, that whole space was our library. But... Um, no, and, and I also have archives that had we history. Kept, we kept track of how many pounds of tomatoes, yeah. celeriac, goose feathers, 
<laughs> I mean, all of that's in our archives from year to year. I mean, uh, which some some from the UW Wisconsin have come down to get an idea of, you know, in the 1850s what was happening yeah. uh, in agriculture, you know. So. And is that still on site then, or right now? Yeah, transition. Right now it is. We'll have some that will stay on site, but the rest will be accessible via the internet because they'll all be archived um, electronically. Uh, yes, it's being digitalized. But I, I feel kind of like there was a lot of local history in that um, um, archives as well, you know. That, but our own history kind of draws you into the local story um, because Father Metzgerle came into this local area. He was in touch with the people here. And the more you got to know about why he came and what he was doing here and then you know how the early sisters were right out of this community they were farm girls you know and uh they became the educators then so it was just all part of the early history i think that kind of drew me back to say you know that's who we are i mean we're connected to this land i always thought why do we call ourselves cincinnati dominicans i mean that's that big hill cincinnati the mound that's Cincinnati but we took that on as our identity uh you know we became Cincinnati Dominicans that's how we called ourselves yeah and that goes back to the the indigenous people that were here Correct. before us yeah. and that term means clear water clear water, water. Yeah. clear water running we, water we have artesian we have an artesian well mm -hmm. here yeah, and you are. If elections. I if I understood it correctly today, you're also the only mound that still keeps that that indigenous. That's that, right. Yeah. All the other mounds have other names, but Cincinnati Mound is the only mound um, that we're aware of in the Midwest that kept its original name. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, you had a great you had a great leader at the beginning. It had a vision, yeah. and we change our leadership regularly so um so it's it's a shared we really have a sense of horizontality in terms of leadership it's somebody's they say you know um today a peacock no today a peacock tomorrow a feather duster you know you just <laughs> it's rotating the leadership so yeah out with the old and with the new or whatever yeah that's right so, so Julie, when did you come here? I came here about 32 years ago. And I was teaching in grade school before I entered. So I was a teacher. Okay. I, um, and then after grade, I taught in the inner city and I taught in rural areas. And then I taught. And then after teaching, I, um, I studied, um, I studied theology and then I um, was a chaplain for people with AIDS in San Francisco. Mm. So I was a chaplain mostly for the gay community, actually, because they're the ones that were suffering from AIDS in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then I went to um, Guatemala for 10 years. So I lived up in the mountains of Guatemala with the Maya um, communities. And I was there during work during the Civil War, toward the um, end of the Civil Jeez. War. And 
um, then when the war ended, um, we were in a community that suffered from lots of massacres actually by the by the military. So then we supported um, uh, the process to have the mass graves exhumed so people could claim their family members that were um, you know, massacred during the violence. And then when I came back from Guatemala, I got my master's in sustainability and I worked in a center in Colorado, um, in the heart of the city, we had a center where we had a huge garden and we all learned beekeeping, but it was a center for people who were homeless. Mm -hmm. And so we all learned beekeeping and gardening and we, um, it was a great center for community. It was, and then I, I was elected to leadership in our community for five years. And then after that, I, um, I've been working with families who have someone in their family with an addiction in Madison, Wisconsin. And, um, and we've been working to create a center that would provide housing, job training, and education for people with addictions. And we're still working on that. Um, I'm on the board, but now I was reelected to our leadership. So doing administrative work for mm -hmm. five years. So right now it's the peacock, so but it'll still be a peacock. feather duster. You're still the peacock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, today you you read a mission statement and a vision statement. Well, um, yeah. What I what I shared, and I can share that now, is was just a piece of our vision statement as a whole community that mm -hmm. we when we come together and kind of look at the world and the reality around us, we say, where are we supposed to be? Where yeah. are we supposed to be headed? So this is a part of the vision statement that I thought was kind of appropriate to our and gathering. Today. When was this vision statement created? Um, well, it's renewed. This particular one, well, we just had chapters. So this year again, uh, but it was, I think this came maybe five years ago, maybe was the first part, uh, okay. but, but we, you know, we renew it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's still on target. Okay. So this one, uh, it, it was, it says in a world graced by the Holy spirit, yet wounded by divisions, exploitations and oppression. We are impelled by God's tender mercy to commit ourselves in partnership with others to seek and foster right relationships among all God's people and with earth that sustains us. And if I remember correctly, it was probably within the last 10 years that we added with earth that sustains us to that mm -hmm. um, vision yeah, statement. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I mean, our own sense of what we were called to be and do mm -hmm. was growing. And we we saw the um, significance of the interconnection of, with all of life and particularly um, the natural world. And so the relationships that we were to build were beyond, it was that inclusivity notion, Lauren, that mm -hmm. you talked about, that 
it wasn't limited to the people that were sitting in front of you in your classroom or yeah. uh, in the works that you might be doing, but it was right. all people. It yeah. was all people and it's all of God's creation. Right. So um, that was kind of the vision that we set for ourselves to kind of, but knowing that it was in partnership with others, that we were not doing any of this alone. Which is exactly that, the theme of this, yes. this this week. Yeah. And that's why, uh, yeah, that's why this felt so right. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's not us alone, but in partnership um, with others. So let me see if we've got, I think we might have either a question or a comment. Uh, on us from Jimmy. Uh, what a great history of farming and education on the mound. Long live the soil. Yes, long live the soil is right. Yeah. 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 You know, one time, oh, this is back, this is back in the 80s. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, there's an, a national organization, National Catholic Rural Life. Um, it's been in existence and it's had its ups and downs. And But anyway, they asked me, to write an article about what was going on at the mountain. The title of the article was, what are preachers and teachers doing with a dairy farm? That's you. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's when uh, that article was where we first listed kind of the principles of what I would say now is regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm that these were important principles as we looked at why we had land. What are we doing? What are we doing uh, with, why is that important to our mission of preaching and teaching? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was way back in 1982. What were those, what were some of the principles? I don't know, I'd have to go read the article now <laughs> to, to, to see, but, um, but they, they made their way into different documents later mm -hmm. and it let uh, land ethics statement mm -hmm. contains some of the mm -hmm. some of the seeds of that. Um, you know, I think with the like I think for most of us, there was this growing awareness of the sacredness that's woven throughout. And not, you know, we used to be really focused on human salvation. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But the switch of um, the sacred woven throughout all aspects mm. of our lives, through our land, through the through nature, through that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the spirit moves not just through us, but through through our plants, through the trees, through the air, through the clouds, through the, the presence of of the sacred is is imminent. It's everywhere, yeah. Yes, in all of that. And I think living out of that greater consciousness of of rather than being quite so anthropocentric that it's mm. you know um woven throughout everything. Mm -hmm. So and I and I think that was kind of behind this growing awareness of we need to be walk the talk, not only in kind of the social, you know, because in the serving people in poverty or kind of in the social world or social services, but also understanding that earth has rights and earth. We need to be caring for the planet. 
Mm-hmm. I think one of, one of the things uh, in our religious story of who we are is there's always been a strong thread of um, social justice. And that's cr- sort of out of the Catholic tradition, too. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that kept tugging at us to go mm-hmm. deeper. Mm-hmm. and looking at questions of society and what was what was happening. And, you know, our sisters who served in Latin America or Guatemala came back with their stories oh, and taught it. I, I, I was always so, I mean, that I think they educated us to another world yeah. of struggle. And then we began to see it all around us. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 was the universal struggle, but you know, and and what were we doing? You know, to kind of connect with people who were struggling in all these different aspects of life. Yeah, so, I mean, and the, then the you know, like I said, here we had the land. We were surrounded by struggle yeah. on the land. Right. So, how do we respond to that? Right. Well, you couldn't have been in Guatemala at the worst time. No, that was terrible. Yeah. I mean, that had to be, I mean, you, I, I had to be fearful for your life, I'm assuming, right? Many times. Yeah, I mean, it helped that we weren't indigenous. I mean, they're the ones that were being wiped out. But, yeah, but yeah, I understand. Well, we had sisters in Bolivia, too, uh, since the 60s. Um, and so they had their stories of oh, almost wow. being annihilated, you know, so... It's unbelievable. And, you, and those stories so, got woven into all of us, I think. We oh, yeah. learned be, yeah. uh, from from those stories that so, there was a world bigger than us. <laughs> so you, this is fascinating. So you would, I don't know, what whatever you call it, meeting or whatever, and you say, okay, you sisters are going to Bolivia and you're going to go here. I mean, well, I mean early, how- early on, that was kind of done... Um, unilaterally you might say people were kind of called on and say we'd like you to you know then later probably more during julie's time more um you would kind of assess what you felt your own internal call was and then you dialogue with your leadership people to say you know really i want to be working with people on the edge you know or whatever and then, then, if there were needs that you could respond to, you were called to do that. But uh, was not just running off and doing whatever you wanted to do. Right, it was right. in dialogue with uh, the community and what we felt were our our legitimate mission calls to do. That's amazing. To uh, I mean, you're young ladies. No, I ain't young. Well, at the time. At the time. At, well, at once the time. in a while, I could have been considered young. <laughs> you, you have a better memory than I do. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that is true. You have an amazing memory. Yeah. True. Oh, detail. yeah. Well, it, it, this has just been a, a wonderful experience for me. Um, it's humbling. And, and you can just feel the power here. Yeah, you can. Well, I think I think so. We're well. You put a bunch of women in a room. Well, yeah, that's all kinds of power. <laughs> yeah, we experience that quite a bit. 
I think there is a, uh, I think there's an energy here that was here long before we arrived. Mm -hmm. That's sure. Um, there's something unique about this place. It probably doesn't hurt that for hundred over 175 years, we've been praying right twice a day, and that probably adds to the energy here. But there's a, I think, a real unique. Your dad talked about it, Jay. This the sense that he had when he came here. I think, I think that's true. There's something. But if you, it all makes it all makes sense though, if you think about it, you're in the driftless here. Yes. So nothing exactly. touched this. Nothing's yes. touched yeah, this. Right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like it was when it was created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, some some uh, degradation over the years of time, but but nothing has touched this to to change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this spot was yeah. picked on purpose. I that's mean, it, right. it, like I said, when Father Matt Kelly saw it, he said. Yeah. This is meant for God and science. Yeah. You know, this is a unique place. Yeah. Um, so well, we've tried to honor that. I'd say you've done a great job. <laughs> so when the when when the community was growing, where did you where did you peek out at with with ladies in the in the community? We're almost two thousand, right? Two thousand. Yeah, we're just under two thousand. So this that's why then it was you got to add more infrastructure, right? So that's yeah. why you can see this string of buildings we built on, built on. Yeah. You know, the older buildings and then the newer, the 1964, we built a lot of buildings. So we're almost 2,000. So then, like, what a class, uh, is, that how, what, is that what you call it, a class of ladies would come yeah, we in? Say and... cr we say crowd, but crowd. It's a crowd. Your crowd. Okay. And 50, 100? I mean, what, what's typically? What was the maximum, 100? Um, there were years when there were a hundred. A hundred young ladies. And then, show up. you know, most I would say most Small years were country. in the in that period of time were between 50 and 60. And then sure, so not ago. no kidding. It was the formation, short. formation for your novitiate is how long then? Uh two years. two years. So so you had like 50 in one class and 50 in another, but don't forget we also had a girls boarding school that had 150 students mm -hmm. so though it was filled with young people mm -hmm. um but that this building was built really at the peak when we would you know try to provide for 100 young well, women who were preparing to be sent out yeah. on missions so yeah. um so but, we have two colleges and then we had Five high schools, a grade school. Holy cow! Plus, we, we plus still, those are ones we yeah. sponsor. Right. In these buildings that are no, 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 just no. I mean, out, like out, not just out. here. Like we we have a college in in Chicago. Oh, we have one oh. in Madison, Wisconsin. We had we built a high school in in the middle of uh, Minnesota. Um, we had two high schools in Chicago. Um, I'm missing a high school. Well, oh, in Madison. Wisconsin. Yeah, Madison. But our sisters, the first, you know, they were all around here at first in small little rural towns and whatever. And then um, they were asked to come to, this was in the 1840s, right? wasn't it? 18, well, no, it was, no. had to be 1850s or later. was the first call to go up from Cincinnati to Faribault, Minnesota by horse and buggy 
to open a high school, a grade school, high school, and start an educational center there. And out in our cemetery is a young Native American woman. Her name was, we, she was a girl, we hockey, because there was a lot of unrest up near Faribault. And the young girl, the mother, the Indian mother, asked the sisters to take her in. And the sisters brought her down here so she wouldn't be exposed to whatever was going on there. And she got smallpox and died. It's the first burial in the cemetery out here was Weehawkee. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. A little native girl. So, so there's a strong connection to the well, yeah. um, Native American. Yeah. So the history goes on. <laughs> well, I, I've 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 gone through your your beautiful facility here, and um, the cemetery has a lot of a lot of gravestones in it. Sure it does. Yeah. And so if if a sister would would go out and something would happen to her, would could you get her back yeah. here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone is buried. Everyone's here. here. Well, a few sisters are buried in Benton. And then um, I think there were some in Colorado during the- We um, sent sisters to Colorado who had tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there were some buried out there, but by and large, everyone is here. And in fact, um, the last sister who was buried, we no longer could have the funeral mass here because everything was closed down. And so, the funeral mass was held where she died, mm -hmm. but then they brought the body uh -huh. back for burial here. So, and we also have green burials here. Yeah, without embalming, without. Yeah, several. Yeah, Lauren was telling me about that. Yeah, many of the sisters have requested green burials. Is that right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So, so a part of the returning to earth, right? Becoming right. A part of the right. I always wondered why, and, and you ladies can help answer this question for me. In, in the Bible, you know, dust to dust, earth to earth. So how come everyone is not cremated? I don't understand that. Well, I would I would just feel better being part of the earth yeah. and nurturing a tree and then having my ashes blown out in the wind, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know. If you think about it, like even in the Bible, they weren't uh, they weren't cremated, right? I mean, that's right. kind of an expression of ashes to ashes. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and so even embalming, you know, that became popular after the Civil War, mm. when uh, the people, when families wanted their husbands and fathers back to be buried back home, um, they were embalmed. Some they had learned that by embalming you could preserve the body longer, mm -hmm. and that gave the opportunity for the bodies to return home. Yeah, and it became popular when Lincoln died because he came across the country on a train. Oh yeah, and he was embalmed, mm -hmm. and after that it became mm -hmm. popular in the United States. I just yeah. know that because I worked on the Green Barriers. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you a lot about the Here history of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your your answer to that. I like that. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of what 
brought us to the green burial was that sense of connection to the mm-hmm. land and mm-hmm. back to the earth yeah. and what your body can, your body can nurture new life you know that's life beyond mm-hmm. you know so yeah. anyway that's great that's <laughs> when great. i die did you sign up for green burial? i did sign up for green burial. yes well, I, I'll tell you, I would like to uh, be respectful of everyone's time. So I want to kind of wrap this up this evening. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so since the camera's here on you, you ladies, I'd like for you, we'll start with Julie. Just give us, you know, give us your thoughts of, of the, the last couple of days, the, the vision and what you think of the, of the future. Well, I would say just in a few short words, I think... Um, I am struck by the fertility of the possibility mm-hmm. of the gathering of people to, in these days. And I think I think the possibility of all kinds of things ahead is there's a readiness and a need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that struck me um, was the fact that there was such um, a clarity and connection being made between healthy food, mm-hmm. healthy people, healthy earth, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that to have a center where you're really conscious of all those connections uh, is very appealing to me. Yeah. That it's it's healing not only our own self, the earth, the larger planet, and has a has a great impact on the natural world as well yeah. in terms of healing. So I hope and pray that something will come. It will. It will. With all that energy. I will. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Jay, with the same, uh, uh, let's see, Ed, Ed's got something here. Hang on a second, Jay. I'm sorry. Ed's on every week. Uh, the wisdom of these beautiful sisters is so inspiring. Can we hear a little more about the farm? What's produced? Where does it go, et cetera? And do you can and do you can and preserve? We did for many years. <laughs> so, what are some of the things that are produced on the on the farm today? Not well, only the row crops, but you got your bed. You got the yeah, greenhouses down actually, there. You got, yeah, right. Right now, it's uh, leased to a dairy farmer who raises. Um, it's basically pasture, and he raises some uh, corn mm-hmm. and soybeans, mm-hmm. I yeah. believe. Corn and soybeans. We, uh, yes, but it, it really supports an organic dairy herd. And then we have what we call um, a collaborative farm, which is made up of several small independent growers who have established their own business. And the whole purpose of that was not only to give access to land to beginning farmers, but to teach the connection between locally grown healthy food for the community. Mm. So um, so that's basically what goes on. As, as far as did we preserve, we did for many, many years, uh, did a lot of our own canning and uh, preserving of food and of course, in later years, it was more freezing. Yeah. Uh, 
we still, I don't know if they still do, but a lot of the zucchini bread that's made here is, of course, preserved uh, frozen zucchini. And, I had a piece of that. That was very yeah, good. Yeah. And, but um, we aren't able to do that anymore. And because of the transitions that we're experiencing right now, a lot of that has to be shut down. Yeah. Anything you like to add, Jim? Well, I'm, you know, so I don't know, the listeners wouldn't probably know this, but we've just moved our sisters who are in independent living away from our farm because of um, there wasn't enough, there weren't enough CNAs in the area to, to care for our sisters. But I'm taking a bunch of grapes tomorrow from our vineyard to them because they're going to make jelly. Uh, so they're oh, waiting right. for the grapes. So no, that you're going to make their day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I know they sent apples and pears and yeah. things like that to the places where our sisters are. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Ed, Ed thank you for that. Uh, and yes, you are right. These two beautiful sisters are very inspiring. Jay, give us your, your closing your closing thoughts, please. Again, I think uh, the great collaboration opportunity that we have here with uh, the Dominican Sisters at the Mound is just fabulous. Uh, again, the, their history, rich history and agricultural community just feeds into where uh, as an agricultural community today, we, we want this collective uh, revitalization and focus uh, and support for the individual farmers. Uh, this concept of farmer-led learning, farmer-to-farmer uh, -farmer peer support, uh, which has just been part of, of the mound here and their ministry in society today. So as I mentioned with uh, people today, uh, St. Dominic uh, put uh, the Dominican orders together as preachers, you know, mm -hmm. so when you see the Dominican mm -hmm. sisters or the brothers, uh, OP, the orders of preachers, right? So okay. we're here uh, all preaching, the gospel message of regenerative agriculture here, right? Uh, to avoid any type of heresy against what we are trying to do as an agriculture community to provide healthy, wholesome food uh, to the world. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. where, again, we, we feel that that is a great inspiration for us uh, that we can serve, again, uh, our creator here uh, as best we can. Yeah. Well, Jay, I want to I tell you that your your talk this morning was 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 wonderful. You did a great job. It was it was spot on. Your dad would have been very proud of you. So thank you. We're going to move it over to Lauren. Lauren, can you please adjust that to yourself and just take take us home here, Lauren, about the you know the journey to get to this point and and how you thought it all turned out. I'm going to take you back a little further than most people probably expect. One of the biggest question marks I had several years ago is when I started thinking about and understanding some of the mistakes we made in the past on our farm. My upbringing is a strong German descent. So a lot of what I first started thinking and trying to do on our farm was what the Germans did. It wasn't until I started asking the question what did the natives do here? And I told Rick today, I said, I think the future of regenerative agriculture is going all the way back to indigenous mm -hmm. agriculture. Mm -hmm. That's right. And 
that was a very consistent theme today in the movie and all that. I mean, we never even talked about the movie tonight. You know, that's it, it's things that are happening for a reason. And as I said earlier, you know, today was the first day since May that I seen a vision of promise and hope. You know, when we first started talking about this, we were talking about a memorial or something like that. And Jay straightened up, straightened us off the one night and said, <laughs> "We already did the memorial." You know, we've got to be build something, you know, the legacy, the potential is there now. So I don't know what, what more I can say than that. And, you know, thank you to the sisters for this opportunity. And uh, I think I told, at uh, Dave's Memorial, I started telling people, you know, no matter whatever happens in the next several months, everything I do is going to be on behalf of the Dominican sisters and the Brandt family. I hope people can say we did them justice today and it's a great step forward. So with that, thank you, Rick, for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's a team here. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, let's see. Inspiring and, and blessed talking. Thanks, sisters and brothers. That was from Fernando in Brazil. Thank Thanks. you, Fernando. Yeah, thank you. Say, tell him again. Thanks, Fernando. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Well, thank you, folks. And 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 Lauren is correct. I'll I'll just briefly touch on this. Um, the movie Common Ground, which is the sequel to Kiss the Ground, was premiered in the state of Wisconsin today at the mound, and it was uh, welcomed with great reviews, and uh, the audience loved it. And uh, you're going to really uh, appreciate this movie. It's it 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 identifies what the problem the problems are, and it also identifies what the solutions are. That's what I really like about the about the movie Common Ground. It will be out. Uh, it's going to be premiered in some western states: California, Washington, um, Arizona, Colorado, in a couple of weeks. Netflix has picked it up and with the writer's strike, I think there's a writer's strike going on. I don't much care about Hollywood, but uh, there, I think there's a writer's strike going on. And because of that, they've delayed uh, the push out of this film or this documentary on Netflix. I think it's now the, the first of the year. Uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, Netflix is projecting uh, 50 million downloads the first year. So this movie's this movie's going to be big, and I think it tells a great story. Um, again, sisters, thank you so much yeah, for being you. with us this evening. It's been very inspiring, uh, very uplifting. Thank you, uh, thank you very much, Lauren, Jay. Thank you, and uh, Dave, Dave, we're we're with you. So uh, everyone, have a great week. The number one thing here is to be safe. And we'll see everyone next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.